0: The
1: most empowered. I have felt this feeling seven times now as I bring these sacred souls
0: to the earth after I hold that newborn baby in my arms. The feeling of motherhood and bringing them to the earth is the most empowering
1: feeling I have ever Meet Mrs. American. Or rather, the winner of the Mrs. American pageant, Mrs. South Dakota, better known to some of you as Hannah Nealman, and even better known by her Instagram and TikTok handle, Ballerina Farm. Now, if you couldn't quite make out what was happening in that clip from the recent Mrs. American pageant, Hannah is asked when she felt the most empowered in her life. Her response is that she felt empowered seven times each time she gave birth to one of her babies. The crowd went wild. They fucking loved it. Now, Hannah documented the whole process of winning Mrs. South Dakota and going on to the Mrs. American pageant on her Instagram and TikToks, including a segment where she asks her millions of followers to vote for her in a contest called the Best Face section of the competition. Winners of Best Face get into the top 15. I shouldn't be surprised by Best Face. This is a beauty pageant, after all. And you might be asking, why are we even talking about a beauty pageant today on this podcast? Why are we talking about Mrs. American at all? Well, this is a topic for UTI because Hannah Nealman, as Ballerina Farm, is a mom influencer. And she isn't just a mom influencer. She's one of the most successful mom influencers in the world with 6.4 million followers on Instagram. Now, that is an insane number of followers for someone, for anyone, but really for someone who was not a celebrity prior to joining social media. She's also skyrocketed to this level of influence in a very short period of time. Going from about 100,000 followers to 6.4 million in a little over two years. Now, Hannah Nealman's response to the question of when she felt the most empowered on that stage in Las Vegas has since gone viral amongst many pro life groups. Her saying that she felt the most empowered as a woman when she gave birth to her babies is becoming something like propaganda for a lot of pro life Groups. They're using it as proof that motherhood is destiny for the quote, right kind of woman. Now, Neilman may not have anticipated this, or maybe she did. I don't know. She hasn't responded to my requests for an interview. Regardless, we're talking about it, and I think it's important to talk about it because anything an influencer of this caliber says can be used in any way that certain groups want it to be used. Now, I have not been a Ballerina Farm follower since the beginning of the Ballerina Farm journey. And maybe that makes me more or less objective. I don't know. But every time I open her account, I do get a weirdly soothing feeling. And I know that some of you, you feel the same. I'm soothed. And then I'm also irritated. See, I can't stop staring. At her skin, she's got this flawless skin. And maybe it's flawless, or maybe it's Photoshop. But it's the kind of skin that makes you immediately want to go to your own bathroom and exfoliate with that old St. Ives peachy exfoliator that we all used in high school. Because, you know, if one exfoliates enough, one can get glowy skin like that. Right? I know. I asked some friends who regularly consume Ballerina Farms Media why they can't look away one of my attorney friends told me that watching Ballerina Farm feels like a brain break from her own urban life with two kids in a city that she loves, where sometimes she has to step over unhoused humans on the way to work or on the way to school drop-off. Even though she loves her life here, it's nice to sometimes daydream of a picturesque world on a farm surrounded by cows and chickens and dirt. She said she didn't know why she felt that way, but that she did know that watching Ballerina Farm was like a quick hit of a Hallmark movie. Quiet simplicity, easy happiness, both things that you feel a little guilty about enjoying later on, but you're gonna watch it again. My friend Sarah Peterson, fucking genius, fucking wizard guys, She really explained Ballerina Farm the best to me, Uh, and she wrote about it in her newsletter In Pursuit of Clean Countertops. It's on Substack. It's a must-subscribe. This is how she put it about Hannah Nealman. Most of the people I've talked to about Ballerina Farm find themselves compelled to consume Hannah Nealman's online persona because the math doesn't make sense. A suspension of disbelief feels necessary when asked to consider that someone with seven young children could take care of those children, homeschool some of those children, help attend to a 328-acre ranch teeming with cattle, hogs, donkeys, horses, ducks, chickens, and cats, cook seemingly every meal from scratch, prevent her house from gobbling her hole, find time to dance, and do it all with a smile on her face. Ballerina Farm attracts so many eyeballs because Neelman is the embodiment of a maternal ideal, wholly impossible for most of us to attain. She's the Gwyneth of moms, the Barbie of moms, the Martha Stewart of moms. This is why we stumble over ourselves trying to ascertain how many babysitters are lurking behind the scenes. Why we comb Reddit threads looking for context clues. Why we continually ask ourselves, "What is up with all things?" Ballerina Farm. I'm Joe Piazza, and you are under the influence of Mrs. American. What is up with all things Ballerina Farm, my friends? That's what we're going to figure out. That is why Sarah Peterson is my guest today. Her newsletter is The Bee's Knees, but her book on the world of momfluencing is a must-read. It's called Momfluenced. Catchy title, right? And it is available wherever books are sold. Sarah's the best person to talk to about Ballerina Farm. She's been following the content since the early days. And it is one of the reasons she started writing on this topic of mom influencing in the first place. Here's a little bit of Sarah's genius on this topic. So today I want to do a deep dive into Ballerina Farm. And Ballerina Farm is the reason that you started writing a newsletter. And really, she was your, I'd like to call her your gateway drug into the world of mom (laughs) influencing and mom influence newslettering. But she recently won Mrs. America, which brings this whole thing to a new level. We could say it's a new level of absurdity, or it's the perfect conclusion to everything that we've been talking about for the past three years. This mm. was the path. This was the path we were yeah. always on. So for people, for the three people who do not know, who would you say this human being was if you just scrolled her pictures on Instagram? And then I want you to tell me. Yeah. Who, sh- who she really is.
0: Okay. So if you are one of the few people who, you know, have never seen her, you would just see a thin, white, conventionally attractive um, mother of seven in her very prairie chic home. Uh, you would see her making mozzarella cheese from milk that she, you know, milked herself from one of her dairy cows. <laughs> You would see her, um, you know, making uh, pork chops from the pigs that are roaming her hundreds of acres of land. Um, it's, it's really, it's a celebration of family, a celebration of homesteading ranch life, and it's very much rooted in the domestic and um, nuclear family ideals.
1: Okay. Okay. That's a really good description, actually. Yes. Thank you so yes. much. Now, that's what you get if you just scroll her Insta- Instagram feed. Who yes. Who is she actually? Who is Hannah Nealman, separate from the account of Ballerina Farm?
0: Right. One thing I didn't mention in my little summation is occasionally you will also see her dancing on her feed. Um Maybe she's at the end of their long dirt road pirouetting and doing a bunch of other French, you know, jumps and whatever moves that I, I don't know the name of. of. Uh, maybe she's wearing her Carhartt overalls while doing it, but still looking like graceful and like the embodiment of traditional femininity. So she, uh, she's Mormon. She's married to one of the children of the founder of JetBlue. She's certainly married into a rich family. Um, it also requires an immense amount of money to buy that the amount of land that they have in Utah to maintain a working farm. Um, yeah, and it's not a situation most working farmers uh, mm-hmm. share. Like, it, it very much seems like it started out as pretty much a hobby farm uh, for rich people. And it okay. grew into this massive, massive um, social media following.
1: Right, right. And her, so we, to be honest, we could say that her social media following really helped build this farm in some ways, right? Yeah. So, I mean, she was posting pictures of her and her beautiful children and their life on what was kind of a hobby farm. But now they actually have a fairly successful meat business, right? So I actually don't
0: know how successful their actual shipping business Mm, is. mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. I wonder how successful their merch is in comparison Um, to the actual like meat products. Yeah. Because now that she has 6.3 million followers, she has a massive section on the website for just Ballerina Farm merch. Right. So I'm really curious if it's the meat or if it's just the huge... um, social media presence of Ballerina Farm itself that's generating the most money.
1: I think that's going to be the title of this episode. Is it the meat or (laughs) is it the followers? Right. Right? Yeah. And so 6.3 million followers is a lot of fucking followers. Like, that's no joke. That has got to be up there for someone that's not an active celebrity, right? Like in the celebrity sphere That is definitely the the top 1% of Instagram. I mean, it's definitely the top 1% of mom influencers. Yeah, for sure. So what is very interesting to me about Hannah Nealman, Ballerina Farm, right now, is that she was recently crowned Mm -hmm. Mrs. America. Actually, Mrs. American.
0: Mrs. American. It's Mrs. American. Yes, there's a Mrs. America and a Mrs. American. Huh. Which is really confusing. Yeah. That's really yeah. confusing.
1: But I mean, this just <laughs> yeah. do, this does show much like Meryl Streep, Hannah Neilman can do it all. She can sing, she can dance, she can make meat. But Mrs. American and she won very. <laughs> I, 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 that, wow, I did not know Mrs. America and Mrs. Yeah. American is is there a like is there some kind of difference between the two? So
0: it's run by the same organization, and I think it's really just to get more like money. Or more Mm -hmm. visibility, and to have you know two different pageants. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's run by the same company.
1: What are the qualifications for being Mrs. American? And what are what is kind of the what is kind of the history of this pageant in general?
0: Yeah, so there really aren't many qualifications other than being married. Um, mm -hmm. it is a Fascinating history, though. Um, there's a great piece on Jezebel that was written a few years ago, um, sort of highlighting, you know, the roots of the pageant and how the pageant has transitioned into modern days. But yeah, it was started in, I believe, 1938, um, mm-hmm. really as a way to get people onto the boardwalk. Um, that oh, was also wait, which, why Miss America...
1: In, in Atlantic
0: City? So... N- no, not Atlantic City. Hold on, let me look it up real quick. Oh, the New Jersey uh, Palace, New Jersey
1: Boardwalk. New Jersey yes. Palisades. that's yes, 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 what yes. I'm saying. Mhm. Mhm.
0: Yes. Oh, so this is And really just, just as a
1: way.
0: Stunt. Yes, 100%. Okay. And so at first it just completely followed the Miss America, you know, format. Like it was mm-hmm. pretty women in pretty clothes strutting down catwalks. Okay, but in the mid-century era, it turned into basically like the best housewife competitions, really. And contestants were judged on like their homemaking skills, explicitly Mm -mm. on their cooking skills, their cleaning skills, their you know, uh, interior design skills, which I find really, really fascinating and. You could make an argument that it was highlighting highlighting the invisible labor of you know domestic work, mm-hmm.
1: but mm-hmm. that's I interesting. Also think actually, you, yeah. you posted you posted a video uh, of it on on your newsletter um, in pursuit of clean countertops, which everyone should subscribe to. I like the idea that we are showing that the work women do in the home is fucking work that it is labor that. As you right. wrote, moms don't get bonuses. We don't get performance reviews. We we never get told that we're doing a good job. Um, right. It still strikes me
0: as, you know, we're still judging women on external ideals placed upon them by, you know, men. You know, it's primarily who are judging these pageants and who are determining, you know, if your kitchen counters are clean enough or whatever it was that they were mm-hmm. judging. And so I think it's still holding women to an unfair, unrealistic standard, um, albeit a different one than, for example, the bikini standard.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love the uh, quote that you pulled out of an AP article from 1983 where a spokesman for the pageant said, the Mrs. America pageant's new mission is to show you can be beautiful and still be married. <laughs> I mean, no, actually, the yes. day that I walked down the aisle, I turned, I, I grew warts and turned into a troll. You who, turned into a crone. I turned into a crone who lives under a bridge and asks people riddles. What the fuck?
0: <laughs> no. Yeah, I also interviewed for that piece uh, Margot Mifflin, who wrote um, Looking for Miss America, and it's a history of the pageant. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was talking about the really strange... You know, the Miss America pageant is very much focused on virginity, on sexual purity, Mm -hmm. on the ability of a man to project his fantasies onto, you know, this blank, this supposedly blank slate. Whereas marriage and Mrs. America or Mrs. American, there is this sense of if we can't value you solely for, you know, your, you know, objectivity in the male gaze. Like, what else can we judge you on? Right. And while the Mrs. American pageant is no longer explicitly rooted in the domestic sphere, I still think mm-hmm. Hannah Nealeman being a primarily, you know, her, her whole thing is domestic aptitude. Yes. And I can't imagine that that didn't play into her win. 110%.
1: Absolutely. I mean, she is kind of like domestic bliss personified on Instagram. Uh And yeah, so of course I think that she is the perfect of Mrs. American. I just, something about this pageant breaks my soul and my heart a little bit. I know, I know. Um. Just because I don't think that there is, but maybe I'm wrong because I'm not as well-versed in beauty pageants as I should be, but is there a beauty pageant for the awesome kick-ass mom who is just wearing sweatpants right now and juggling 50 things and getting it all done and, you know, sometimes does it with her husband once a month and has four Instagram followers? Is there a pageant for that lady? 'Cause I'd win. Right. <laughs> right.
0: I know. I know. And yeah, and I just think the idea of judging motherhood in general is mm-hmm. inherently icky. And I don't know. I I think so many of us were radicalized by motherhood that the mm-hmm. idea of subjecting ourselves to any sort of external judgment just feels so antithetical to what can be a very empowering identity?
1: Yeah, what should be? I mean, frankly, being right. a mother should be an empowering identity. And maybe it is in circles that are not my circle, honestly. I mean, maybe in Hannah Neilman's circles, being a mother is much more um, empowering. I just, I don't know. Like I said, something does break my soul about this. And um you wrote about the comments um, uh. on Hannah Nailman's win. And so what did some up there? I'm just gonna read some of them actually. Like these were some women, um, some fans commenting on on Hannah's win. It says, she makes everything look so amazing and easy to do. Hashtag flawless. Another one, absolutely gorgeous and humble. You are the balance that women need to emulate. Feminine, hardworking, God loving, and a full-time mother. So my issue with that, and again, look, I'm not here to judge. Women should do whatever they need to do because being right. a woman in the world is fucking hard. But yep. this commenter said, you are the balance that women need to emulate. And also the hashtag flawless. Oh, God, just the thought I know, of saying I know. that we have to be flawless. Um, I know. It hurts me. And I also think a lot of her... Posting like many influencers, is bullshit. I mean, she's posting a very idealized version of her life. It's clearly I mean it's aspects of her real life, but these are professional photos most of the time. She has a brand, and I think mm-hmm. i would i would I would go as far to say that the brand one, Mrs. American, maybe not Hannah Nealman herself yeah, no,
0: I think that's a good point I mean. And even in looking at what one of her, like, there's question and answer, whatever, with the judges and on her, you'll see it on her social media. Um, one of the questions was, when was, you know, when did you feel most empowered? And she, mm-hmm. you know, tears up and says every time she gave birth. And what strikes me about that comment is like, I, I, I get it. I felt really empowered during my births. Uh, Mm -hmm. That is not the case for everybody. And that should not be the defining feature of everybody's sense of motherhood. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's also what we want mothers to say. We don't want them to say the most empowered I felt was when I got a promotion at work. Mm -hmm. Or when I got divorced and bought my own house. Or Mm -hmm. when I did a complete career shift and found something that really, you know, filled me up with passion. Like, we don't want that answer. We want motherhood. Motherhood, motherhood, motherhood comes first and foremost.
1: hmm hmm I did not feel empowered during the birth of my children. It was, I mean, whatever. I, I, again, I love my kids. Love them. They're the best. But when they're not the worst. But, of course, of course. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't, I didn't like giving birth. I didn't feel particularly empowered. Also, the last one fell out of my body because my vagina is a grand canyon at this point. So she literally just slithered out. Nick looked down and goes, oh, my God, there's a baby in the bed. There's nothing empowering about that. I was like, OK, there you are. So it just it just feels like well, a bullshit
0: response. I mean, I think you are completely justified to not feel empowered by birth. I mean, other people are completely justified to feel empowered by birth. Sure. I just think the the framing, you know, of the thousands of followers was Yes, this should be every mother's answer. Like, yes, Yes. this is the right answer. Mm -hmm. And that's what I sort of object to.
1: Same, same. And it just, yeah, to me, it feels like a performance of motherhood that is a very antiquated, mid-century maternal ideal, much like we're seeing also with the rise of hashtag tradwives, on Mm -hmm. social media. We're going to be doing a lot more on Trad Wives. We're talking to Anne Helen Peterson about them next month. I know you just talked to her about Trad Wives, but I just want to give our listeners a little taste of what are Trad Wives? What is this world? And because I see a lot of crossovers with Ballerina Farm Mm -hmm. and the Trad Wife movement. Oh, yeah. For
0: sure. So there's different iterations. A Trad Wife could be someone who shops at Target, drives a minivan, but mm-hmm. prioritizes having the house clean, a sandwich made and her children quiet for when her husband gets home from work. Mm-hmm. Um, a trad wife can be someone like Ballerina Farm, who is very rooted in the, you know, quote-unquote "natural domestic sphere." Mm-hmm. Um, a trad wife can be an evangelical Christian who homeschools her children and, you know, espouses explicit or implicit white supremacy..
1: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
0: And you'll also see a lot of trad wives cross over into QAnon conspiracy theories, um, into like essential oil peddling, mm-hmm. into uh, sunscreen is toxic territory. So there's lots of crossovers, but the one unifying uh, feature is that they adhere to, tr- to traditional gender roles.
1: Right, right. Traditional gender roles. That's That's the big part of it. And we see yep. a lot of women dressed up like, Betty Draper, uh, mm-hmm. which is hilarious because I don't think that that many, I mean, the majority of women did not actually dress like that, is this idealized version that we have now in the That's 2020s fair. of what the 1950s looked like. And if you ask any of our, our grandmothers who lived through the 1950s, I think they'd tell you it was pretty goddamn wretched to be a woman. You could not, Uh I mean, you couldn't have your own credit card. You couldn't really do anything unless your husband said you could do it. Like, can you, um, I can't personally imagine being, not not being in the house all day and being with the kids all day and, you know, cleaning the house all day. Again, good on you if that's what you want to do. But being told that was all I could do, right? Like, not having the choice. And I think... The beauty of things now is that we have the choice. If you want to be a domestic goddess, fucking good for you. But Mm -hmm. my concern with tradwives is that they're saying this is what women should be doing. We should be going back in time to what was, quote unquote, a better time when that's a false nostalgia. That was not a good ass time for women. No, and particularly,
0: you know, working class women, uh, women of color queer women. I have a chapter on Tradwives and one in particular, I do a deep dive on her. And she really, if you look at her photos, she looks like she lives in the 1800s. And she Mm -hmm. very much espouses a, you'll see a lot of this, it's my choice to be led rhetoric, um, anti-feminism, pro-femininity. And that's just a heady, it's an interesting co-opting of feminist language uh, to espouse. A distinctly anti-feminist message, um, but they're always very much promising simplicity and comfort in living life the way it "quote unquote" should be. And of course, this mm-hmm. is according to you know gender essentialist norms.
1: Right. I gotta. I mean, I gotta say, I'm. I, what I really would like to do is, I, I do want to have a couple of the trad wives on the show because, yeah. I, I don't want to take anyone down. I want to hear their point of view. I want to hear why not only do they want to live this life, but why they want to broadcast it, and also why they think that it's getting so popular. I think what concerns me is that this is getting very popular. We have so many young girls consuming social media. Is this what we want our teenage daughters to see as content? And for me, the answer is no. And it's not just that I'm like, you're a feminist, you will work, you will, you will do exactly what I did. Right. Um, I'm just, I, what I'm most concerned about is, is the idea of, you know, being led by a man and Uh being ruled by a man. And that, to me, is problematic. And that content becomes problematic to me. It also, you know, it is
0: often inherently, um, transphobic in this endorsement Mm of, you know, innately feminine virtues and women are supposedly biologically meant to bear children and raise children, which, of course, we know is nonsense. But it does Mm -hmm. put forth this agenda that's really in keeping with
1: the attack on, you know,
0: reproductive justice that we're experiencing right now.
1: Yeah. We're only going to see a rise in trad wife content as we get further and further into the political election season. Mm-hmm. And I, I genuinely think that we're going to see um some people even being swayed by some trad wife content, especially because so many people are burnt out by traditional news sources and traditional content. So it's something that we should be talking about. It's something that we should all be aware of, uh, especially as we're thinking about. Who is voting? How they are voting, and why are th- why they are voting? So, ah, oh, so much more to come. Know. So much more to come. You know what we left out when we were talking about Hannah and Ballerina Farm? What? I think you know. I think you can guess. We took my favorite fact about her: the fact that Thanks. her her sourdough has a name. The oh, sourdough starter. Yes, 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 yes. Willa, Willa, Willa. Her sourdough yes. starter has, has the same name as the hooker on Succession. Do do you think that she named it after the prostitute on Succession? I really don't think so. I don't think so either. Uh, But now that that I said it out loud, like maybe, maybe she'll think about that because she's definitely going to listen to this podcast. Um, Yeah, for sure. For sure.
0: So I first started researching Hannah in 2021 Mm -hmm. for a piece I wrote for Harper's Bazaar. And at that point, this is only two years ago. She had 145,000 followers. She now has 6.3 million. Right. Like that alone is just, I think, just really communicates a lot about the
1: massive rise of trad accounts. But that is totally, totally. And that, I mean, that is bananas, Gonzana's, right? Like it's nutty. Yes. How do you think, how do you think that she got so many followers in two years?
0: I mean, I think there is something like, you know, shock and awe in her presentation of maternal joy. Like she has mm-hmm. seven kids and, you know, there's never any talk about child care. Um, mm-hmm. They're always pictured, you know, going with her and doing her chores or whatever. They're always there. And yeah. so to see her cleaning up the kitchen after feeding her family of nine and, like, thumbs upping the camera, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I think so many of us are watching because we're looking for, like, a crack in the facade,
1: you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's fair. I will say, I mean, I have three kids and I have a lot of help. We have full-time childcare. Two of them are in school. My mom lives nearby. I have a very devoted husband. And my house is a goddamn mess. It is a goddamn mess. And I have all of the help that a human can have. And I still can't clean my own house. I hear you. There has to be a pageant for that, Sarah. (laughs) You should start one. really Look, I desperately want to gain more social media followers, if only to sell more books. And so if that means I need to clean my house and dye my hair blonde uh, before my new book comes out in April, maybe maybe you guys are going to see see a, tra- a, tra- a hashtag tradwife transformation. Get <laughs> your okay. better turn out. <laughs> Come here, Willa.